everybody and welcome to episode number 45 of In My Mug on Monday the 21st of September. God, where's the year going? Uh, 2009. My name's Steve Layton and as always, incredibly grateful for you joining us. Um, today's a little bit different. Uh, today I'm in Iceland, in, in Reykjavik. Uh, I'm here for the uh, Nordic Roasters Cup, which... I'm actually recording this on Saturday, so I don't know how we've done or if we've done very well or not, but basically our coffee's been competing in the competition and uh, very excited to, to, to be here, my first trip to Iceland. Um, I'm going to dive into the comments, uh, so bear with me, I haven't got any paper to throw at the camera today because I've had to get them off the laptop, so uh, I'm basically just going to pick out three comments each week uh, from the comments on there as we talked about last week just to kind of make this a little bit snappy and a little bit quicker so um, one of the ones that I thought was interesting was uh, Roland Gifford um, uh, he was impressed with my kettle gadget um, and he thinks he wants one uh, talked about the comments about water temperature uh, just off boiling for French press filter etc but on the other hand you're happy with the vat pot which is clearly full on boiling I'd be interested to know the why the difference uh, to tie into this one, Richard Arblaster said, interesting kettle, how much difference does the temperature make? Um, do, you, do, you, uh, do you have the risk of burning the grounds if it's too high, causing it to taste bitter? Well, Richard, to answer your one, yes, exactly. Uh, too hot and it will, it will burn the grounds. Roland, yours is a little bit different. You were talking about the vac pot, and yet it does look like it's kind of boiling in the bottom, and obviously it is for it to rise up. But the way that the vac pot works is by the time it's reached the top and gone away from that heat source of the bottom part, um, it isn't boiling. It's kind of just off boiling. Um, so the perfect temperature really to, to, to extract coffee. Um, yes, there is the same risk and you have to be very careful getting the temperature so it doesn't kind of get too violent in the top and, and bubble away. But it's not quite boiling uh, and that's why the vac pot works uh, differently. To answer your question about the temperature, how much difference does it make, Richard? It makes a massive difference. Um, you know, it, it's going to change the way that it extracts, uh, and also change the, you know, the kind of the, the bitters and all of those things, as, as you suggested. So, uh, two very good, um, very good questions in there. Um, and the next one is from David Dunlop. And David, uh, basically the reason I'm reading David's out because it's just good for my ego, because David said about being bang on the money and he'd forgotten how good the Lafani was that we had last week. And I've had a lot of emails kind of in a similar vein to this one, and I can't help but agree with them that the Lafani is just a stunning coffee. If you haven't watched that video, just go back and watch it. And as you're watching it, watch my face as I taste the coffee, because I'm pretty blown away by it. Um, and have been all week, uh, really, really, really enjoying the Lafani. So, um, yeah, no, it's very, very good coffee and, and a good point there, David. So thank you very, very much uh, for giving me the opportunity to share that. Um, just seeing if we have got anything else here. Uh, <laughs> and he's got, he also put on there, uh, unless you want to see three grown, grown men cry into our mugs next week, bring back the catchphrase, because life's too short for salty coffee. And yet, there's a very big split of opinions, so excuse me, going off camera like that, of the catchphrase. I'm not convinced yet, I'm still thinking about it. So unfortunately the mug this week is going to be a hotel mug. But I haven't used a ho this hotel mug before, so I guess it's a different one. 
And the coffee I'm going to talk about, this one's a little bit different. If you're a subscriber and you've got the bag, you will notice that there's no cupping notes on this, and I will explain more uh, in a moment. But what I'm going to do is going to pop you on pause, I'm going to go away and brew the coffee, then I'll be back with you. So give me five minutes. Right, so I'm back after all that hand grinding and kind of getting going. And um, the coffee we're going to talk about today is, let me just get the bag. I even bring my own coffee to Iceland. Um, Guatemalan Finca Vista Hermosa, which is uh, a coffee from the Huehue Tenango, or Huehue, or however you want to pronounce it, but it's my way of pronunciation on this one is Huehue Tenango. Um, it's a strictly hard bean, and it's from uh, a, a small micro lot uh, from the Hermosa farm called Ma Mi Michikoi. Um, so, a little bit about this coffee first of all. First tasted this coffee in 2006 from my friend Aaron Brown. And if you see, this is one of Aaron's t-shirts, if you see it on the back, it's got the Brown Coffee Company. Aaron's based in Texas, um, good friend who I've talked to on the internet for a long time. Then got to talking to Edwin, Edwin Martinez, who owns the farm with his, with his it's like his family's farm. And uh, spoke to Edwin on some of the forums, and also spoke to him on email a few times. Really kind of liked the guy, thought he was a top man. And then... Cup of Excellence in 2007, this came eighth and first chance to kind of try roasting it myself with it from a sample and really liked it, but missed out on it at the auction stage, kind of was bidding for it, but it ran away and couldn't get there, so ended up going to Japan. Um, but carried on talking to Edwin and there was a, a, a really sad uh, event, I think it was about 12, 18 months ago on the farm where the farm manager um, got killed taking the payroll back to the farm in Guatemala, as beautiful a country it is, there are there is still some unrest and some lawlessness, and particularly in the rural parts. And he left a family, very large family, behind. And there was a big thing in the coffee community to help the family with, you know, small donations and things, which lots of people got behind. And you know, kind of thought that was a great idea. But I also wanted to do something a little more. Um, and the youngest son of the farmer, we sent out a England shirt. I'm going to show you a photograph now. Um, and the little boy's nickname now is Rooney because we sent him a Rooney England shirt out. Um, you know, my love of football uh, kind of just, uh, it was something different. You know, money's great and, and yeah, you know, we wanted to help with that, but it's also sometimes it's nice just to have something a little, little unusual. So that's what we did with that one. Um, carried on talking to Edwin. I kind of said I'd love to try his coffee, but unfortunately, you know, we can't really ship small amounts because the price just makes it very prohibitive um, and left it at that. Received a phone call last uh, about three weeks ago from a Danish uh, shipping firm saying we have two pallets for you, we'd like to move them, when would you like to have them? I'm like, okay. Now, sorry, previous to that, I had heard rumblings that Edwin was sending me some coffee, but because we hadn't communicated about it and hadn't gone on, I just kind of thought, no, that's somebody getting something wrong somewhere or it's going to somebody else. Um, then we got this phone call. Then I got a phone call from the Coffee Collective. And the Coffee Collective are a coffee roasters in Denmark who um, do some awesome things. And I've actually tasted the Vista Hermosa from them 
last year. So I've ta I have tasted this coffee and loved it. You know, was, was really kind of thought it was a stunning coffee. Um, sorry if this one jumps around a lot because there's an awful lot of information to impart on this one. And um, so yeah, I had, a, I had a message from the coffee collective. We've got two pallets of coffee for you. I hadn't asked for it. I didn't know how much it was and I hadn't tasted it. Not the normal way we buy coffee. But I'm kind of confident enough that I think We'll find out in a moment because that's the other thing. I haven't tasted this coffee yet. I basically sent it to my mug customers. You're drinking the same lot as me for the first time, so we're both going to try it together. It's kind of unusual. It's a, 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 a Russian roulette style of buying coffee. Um, so let's look at the roast picture first of all. And if you just look, at, I'm just going to get a handful of beans off the side here. Um, if you look at that roast picture, you'll see that it's medium roast. That may change the more we get to play with this coffee. That that may possibly change but I've treated it very similar to the way that I would treat um, an El Bosque or uh, an Entre Rios from the past or you know kind of gone for that no oil showing gonna be great for filter gonna be great for espresso style of roast so have a look at that time for a snozzer in the bowl and my bowl today is the bottom of my uh, Hario skirt or grinder for everybody who's asked me about those I've managed to kind of get in touch with Hario and we may be selling them in the near future so kind of watch this space, not 100% sure yet but that, that, you know we are working on that one. I have, oh PS, I haven't even cupped this yet. I just wanted to do it together so I, I don't know anything about this coffee apart from what we're going to do now. It smells quite fruity and for a washed coffee, uh, this is washed uh, a mixture of Katura and Bourbon and uh, sun-dried uh, elevation of around about 1600 meters I think um, I can find that out, oh, it'll be on the description anyway when, when, when it goes up if it goes up so yeah, it smells a bit fruity, it's kind of quite surprising, it smells almost a little natural-esque um, but yeah, good aroma, it's a good looking bean so the mug, the hotel mug Oh, before I do that, um, oh crikey, who was it? Malcolm. Malcolm asked me what an AeroPress was, and this is my AeroPress. Um, it's a, a way of brewing coffee. You put coffee in there, hot water in the top, you push it down and it works as a vacuum. Come, you put that on the bottom of your cup, uh, kind of like so, and push down, and it puts the coffee into there. Lots of different AeroPress techniques out there. My personal technique is to do half AeroPress, half hot water afterwards uh, to make a longer drink. Um, it changes all the time though, because that's the great thing about the AeroPress, it does really make you kind of keep searching for that, that, that perfect combination for you. So, um, wow. Okay, that fruitiness I was getting on the nose is full on in the front palate. In the front part, you get oranges, kind of really juicy, sweet oranges. There's, there's the acidity's there, and it quite doesn't half grab you, but it's a it's a really weird, juicy, sweet style of of of, of acidity. Then it actually mellows out in the middle part, and I'm getting kind of like a, a caramel. And then just on the back end, when you think, okay, this coffee's going on and on, and it's still there suddenly changes back to the acidity again. So it's like a kind of three-tone coffee. Um, okay. 
that's that's stunning. That's it. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can you sense the relief in my voice? Very different. Very, very different to anything I've had from Guatemala, which is kind of cool. Um, that orange is, whoa. It is like a really big, juicy orange. I might buy some more coffee this way. Hey farmer, send me some coffee. Um, very, very kind of pleased that that's worked out because it could have ended horribly car crash-like. Um, my gut feeling it wouldn't because great people like Klaus at the you know Coffee Collective uh, and Linus and, and also kind of, uh, you know, the, the reputation that the farm has. These people wouldn't be selling it if this wasn't very good and, and, and Edwin, you know, I knew would, would sort us out with something good. Um, so second direct trade coffee. So this has come direct from the farmer. There has been no intermediaries in between handing over the money. Um, we paid a stonkingly good price for this. Um, I may have thought twice if I'd seen the price beforehand. Um, I'm guessing it's good value because it does taste very good. But it's not a cheap coffee. Let's let's be very honest about that. This is going to not not be a cheap coffee but we're going to give you an opportunity to buy it if you're not a subscriber with a voucher below a voucher is going to give you a pound off in the store for the next two weeks um i really want you to try this coffee um and if you're trying it as a um as a subscriber i'd look well either way i'd love to hear what you guys think of it um it kind of worked thank god um, <laughs> very very pleased um I know it'll be Monday by this time, so hopefully I, you should kind of know by this point how we've done in the Nordic Roasters Cup. Certainly haven't come here to win, I don't think. Uh, we've gone with our roast style, our preferences. Uh, we've gone with the Costa Rican uh, geisha that we used a couple of weeks ago because I think that's a real show-off coffee. Um, and I really wanted a coffee to show off. If they don't like it, then that's all good. That's all good. It's just great to be here, but um, yeah. I'm in Iceland. And just remember... No, I can't do it. Can't do it. Listen, guys, see you next week. Thanks very much for joining me.